Namaste and in la catch and welcome to this episode of One World in a New World. I'm your host Zen Benefiel and this week's guest is Colin Kingsmill. Now he is definitely one who is crafting a place from his kingship in that Kingsmill scenario. <laughs> he is a whole human coach, a strategic advisor, for placemaking in people's lives. He's a, um, a also a, he's self-employed and his organization or his company is called Kalo. And its mission is to become a global provider of self-empowered healing. And that's really where it all comes from. He's a graduate of St. Xavier University with a joint major in international marketing as well as international finance, which we're going to find out. That's a, it almost sounds like an oxymoron with this kind of conversation, but Colin, great right. to have you here. Let's explore this. It, it, it totally is oxymoronic. And uh, Kalo isn't mine, by the way. Kalo is, is uh, owned by a dear friend of mine, and, and I'm a practitioner there and a strategic advisor to her. So um, the, the, whole, the whole human coaching, though, is, is mine uh, and with my partners. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it, it is an oxymoron, and it, and it, it kind of represents um a bit of a, a a past life if you like the uh the finance I can totally and, understand and, that it, and in and that past life, let's go way back and, and you're familiar yeah, okay. with the way back machine and sherman and yep. peabody i make that reference every once in a while you know sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't depending on mm. your age right yeah so in that way back machine let's go back to where you began and, and you know, the basic of our, our basis for our conversations are how we first get in touch with that inner awareness, drive, mm. guide, ally, voice, yeah. instinct, whatever yeah. that may be for you. How did you first begin to get in touch with that? And what were the events going on in your life at the time? Yeah, so so I didn't really, I didn't get in touch with it uh, purposefully i got in touch with it yeah i i I got in touch with it very much by accident and um the the first part of my life i had uh crafted in response to my childhood so I, i i grew up um in a certain way and i decided i decided that i wanted um to become a professional that i wanted to uh be successful that I wanted to have money, that I wanted to travel, that, you know, all of the, the, the sort of the, 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 the checklist, right. The, yeah. But I, I wanted to do better than that. I wanted, you know, um, cause I kind of grew up always as the loner and the, and the strange kid and, and the, the, you know, the, the, the kid living in the forest. And, um, so I wanted the antithesis of that. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, I moved to Switzerland. I got a job in Swiss banking. I mean, it couldn't be more sort of cliche, right? I I got That's married. A, but let's, I, let, before we go into that, I, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt, but I'm curious that you said living in the forest. What do you mean by that? So, so I grew up in the 1970s and my mother and father were most definitely, you would label them hippies, okay? Or All you right. would have anyway. Um, and uh, the first few years of my life, we had an orchard and, you know, animals. And my mother was into the whole hobby farm thing. And my father was uh, an artist. Um, he still is. Mm. And um, uh, I think I was probably about five or six. And we moved to an island on the Gulf, on the West Coast, one of the Gulf Islands. 
was called Bowen Island. Um, and again, to sort of, if you, if you look at that situation now, it would be sort of this ideal Waldorf school kind of natural life, right? I mean, we, right. I, so I it wasn't something that you necessarily it, saw it. It was just your life. You were surrounded it was, by all the opportunity. It, it was just my life. My parents bought this property in a forest on the island, uh, you know, several kilometers away from anybody else in the school. So it was really remote and, um, and uh, kind of idyllic if you were an adult, less idyllic, I think, if you were a child, you know, wanting social connection and wanting to play after school and wanting right. friends and stuff like that. So, so still plenty of places and spaces to explore in, in the forest oh. though i mean as a kid i had the similar I wasn't in a forest but we had a woods that was probably half miles yeah. that was about i don't know uh, less than a half a mile away and so i'd yeah. go back there and i'd spend my days there by myself kind of just exploring and, and having fun yeah look i mean i think uh i think a lot of the traits that i have today of being you know, comfortable in my own skin, happy to be alone, loving the forest, loving nature, getting out and doing sound baths. Uh, I'm, I live beside the forest now. So, so mm -hmm. look, it, it was, it was by all intents and purposes, idyllic, right. but it's, it, it's something inside of me wanted more, it, you know, I, I, you I, had to get your worldly experience. So you yeah. went into a profession. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I want to wear a suit and tie. I want to be, you know, I want to be professional. I want all this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I did that for about um, at least ten years, I guess. Uh, and in the in the pro in the process, set up my own business in Switzerland, a financial services company. And I, again, I was ticking all the boxes, right? All right. the all the all the all the all the quote unquote success boxes, and in that process, I was getting becoming more and more stressed out as time went on. And I was I was around 30, you know, 30 or 32 or something like that. And and I I I had friends noticing. They're like, Colin, you need to, you know, you need to tone down the stress levels because you're gonna have a heart attack. And uh, a really good friend of mine said, Lo, come and do these Reiki courses with me. And I'm like, what's that? Right. I had no idea about mm -hmm. any of this stuff. Um, so I, I, I did the Reiki course and I'm like, yeah, okay. That's kind of relaxing. And I get it. And, and I didn't really, I didn't embody it at all. It was just like, fake it till you make it. Right. And um, then there was this opportunity to, to do something called rebirthing. And mm. again, I, I thought, great, you know, anything that can turn down the volume on my stress levels, I wanted to try. And um, just a fancy way for hyperventilating, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Overoxygenate the brain. Uh, I, was, uh, I don't want to treat that lightly because it's a very no process. Breath work is incredibly powerful. Oh, yeah. um, it's it's super super powerful. So. But but that that's not what it turned out to be. It turned out to be an exercise in past life regression, mm -hmm. uh, where I started breathing, you know, doing the whole thing, and then all of a sudden I started to see myself in all of these stories um, throughout history, and it was it was a amazing pretty trippy place to be, huh? Oh, it was, and it was so vivid. 
right? It was, it was so vivid that I, and I was describing to the practitioner the, the places and the scenes that I saw. And um, I came out of that and I'm like, well, well, that was interesting. And she had written everything down. Right. Um, and because I was, because I was so depressed and full of anxiety at that period, I also had a psychiatrist. So I, I went to my doctor in the afternoon and I said, who happened to be, you'd like this. He was, he was a psychiatrist, a medical psychiatrist. He was a Swiss military fighter pilot. He was a Buddhist and a historian. So what a great combination. Oh, I mean, you, you know, you'd go into his office and it was just full of books and model planes and, you know, just steeped in incredible uh, history and energy. And um, mm -hmm. I told him the scenes that I'd seen and he knew where they were. And so he's like, oh, well, that you're describing an ancient trading route on in Western Africa or you know, that's not Elizabethan England, that's Southern Italy because of, you know, these seals and images that you're describing. Right. Now, isn't it interesting how connected that experience was? You know, I've got, I don't know if it's a theory or, or just an observation from what I've witnessed with others and myself as well, in how we are able to tap into these memory banks file mm. systems right and from a, a perspective i guess the best word to use for it would be soul right this greater self that from what we understand even with science now that there is this process of reincarnation repersonalization is what your answer book calls it mm. because it's really not a reincarnation it's your same character in a different body Right. So that same energy has all these kinds of, of tendrils attached to it that when you ask the question or open that door, all of a sudden, all of these other things start happening in synchronous order. Yeah. And the evidence being you being, you know, from one experience to the other and that awareness being able to share or that person being able to share their awareness of what you just described and make it real, right? It, it's it, no it, longer it, imaginary. It was very real. Um, and uh, the, the, the incredible thing, I mean, it happened, it was, a, it was April 6th, 2001. It was a Friday. In the morning, I had the rebirthing. In the afternoon, I had uh, my, my doctor. And I walked, I ended that day realizing um at least for myself that i didn't have to accomplish everything in this lifetime hmm. i don't know if that makes sense but i it was I like just, a, it was whew, right? yeah it was just this <laughs> this, this, this this i'm like oh i don't have to do all this now and i don't have to really prove anything to anybody um and uh, on monday morning i i quit i gave everything away i gave everything I owned away, um, clothing, watches, cars, um, yeah, everything. And um, within a matter of sort of a month or two, I moved back to Canada to the West Coast. Now that's um, a huge, dramatic change. 
Yeah. And it hit it. Right. Yeah. What what was yeah. What was going through your mind at the time of that transition and how did you um compare and contrast, I guess, for lack of a better, the considerations that were going on in your head and your heart? Yeah, I don't know if I did a, a lot. I don't know if I did a whole lot of analysis. Um, I, I think I was really operating instinctually. And okay. I, I, I just knew, I just knew that I had to shed the, the, the cloak of the past, mm -hmm. the, um, the, 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 the cloak and the mask and the, the, I don't know everything. The, the, the everything, yeah. It, yeah. it 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 felt it felt very much just like a um um uh, I don't know what call it, don't know what call it rebirthing because that was the exercise the it just emergence just thought, maybe uh, or re yeah. and, and this yeah. is significant that you describe things in this way because you're in the feeling the sensing the knowing right that's not intellectual mm. that's not your brain functioning. Yeah, that's your yeah. being that's saying, "Okay, here's the shift that makes to, that needs to take place," and mm -hmm. the surety of which it is taking place that you have that sensation of, of "Okay, this is my flow," if you will, mm -hmm. and it feels like that. There's no question about it. There's no resistance. There's no, well, what if, right? There's just this sense of knowing and, and movement forward. It's phenomenal. Thank the. the Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I, 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 I just really knew that I had to, I had to go home, quote unquote. I, yeah. I just, um, I, and I didn't know what was, I didn't know what was going to appear next or anything like that. I had no plan. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I just knew that this, that there was this, there was an, that intersection. I needed to take it and, uh, and see what would happen next. Yeah, kind of a hard left. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, definitely uh, hard left. without the g's right or or more um, of the g's this is fun right um now in and the process is exciting and, and fun and exhilarating i think that it really mm -hmm. is as you're going through that it, because you feel like you've got the wind at your back and there's very little effort that you have to put forward other than to just continue to say yes that's interesting. You... That's interesting you say that because I did at that point I did start to begin just to say yes to opportunities and possibilities and things that were offered to me, and the subsequent sort of fifteen or yeah fifteen or fifteen or so years, fifteen or twenty years have been a um, a journey of just saying yes mm -hmm. um, without knowing what's beyond the door i guess right um, well let me ask you this because I, I i i think there is a sense of what's beyond the door it may not be clear mm. right as far as the imagery but there's a sense that goes along with that um and in that process you know it reminds me of the three brain philosophy that the, of indigenous folks that you may have run into yet if you haven't here's a, no. a really cool tasty tidbit yeah. So their philosophy is we have three brains. The first is the gut, intuition. Mm. Ah. Second is the heart. Third is the brain on top of our shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? 
and the processing of information. So when you think about it now, quantum physics is actually presenting the reality that this is so now that we know that everything is made up of vibration and the gut, the intuition is where we sense that there's neurosensors there. Yeah. Then the heart is where we distill it and say, okay, is this desirable, undesirable? What, you know, just have that sense of which part of the decision tree do we need to go to? And mm -hmm. then we process it in the head as far as knowing the questions to ask and the, and the choices that come from that is the actions that we can take. And it's far different yes. trying to, you know, theorize something and then shove that down through the body <laughs> and then wonder uh -huh. why we have dis-ease, right? Oh, uh, I'm right there with you on all of what you just said. Um, I know, I can sense that. That's why I, I brought it up because you uh, have I, that. You're, you're explaining, you know, a lot of times we talk about things in, in such similar ways and there's so many different ways to talk about the same thing mm. and it comes sure. back to that sense right we can't think our way through a system built on vibrations we have to sense our way through it uh, that doesn't yes, mean we, yes. we're oblivious to it that means we're very careful considerate conscientious and conscious of the process Hopefully, yeah. Uh, hopefully, um, I, I, I do think, I do think, you know, society and noise gets in the way um, mm. a, a lot of the time. But um, boy, if you can be tuned into your radio station, um, <laughs> kind of limitless, limitless possibilities. I think uh, I, I do believe so. There are multiple or uh, infinite number of possibilities to coagulate. And in that sense, then, how have you found that process of awareness, choice-making, result, next question kind of process? How did that, how do you begin to become aware of that? And, or maybe you haven't just yet but i i have the, no no i i have I, a suspicion you have and, and that's part I, of what your whole human coaching is about yes i know i know exactly what you mean so so the the years that followed that that initial slamming up against a wall and then and then restarting i really dove into everything that we've been speaking about uh, a little a little bit earlier i dove into metaphysical i dove into reading you know I, I I went to the spiritual bookshop and got every book and 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 read it all, you know, Eckhart Tolle to Joe Dispenza to you know, everything. Mm -hmm. I never really embodied it though until I hit another roadblock. Um, or maybe it wasn't it wasn't really a roadblock. It was it was a gift. There you go. Um, oh, another opportunity to make a different choice. Yes, yes. So, so last year, um, so it's recent. So I spent, I spent mm -hmm. a long time kind of knowing and understanding and believing and doing vision boards and manifesting. And I was, I was pretty good at it. And I got a, I got an, a, a, a package of letters last year that were from my mother written to her best friend when I was a child. Wow. And I, you know, I, well, no, I probably, I, 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 
how do I phrase this? Um, my father found them and, and gave them to me. And um, he, I don't think he read them. Uh, I, don't, I don't suspect he would have given them to me if he had. But, but what they did, what, what, they sh what they unleashed or unlocked or opened up were sort of all those years of childhood um, trauma mm -hmm. that I had, I had suppressed for years and years. So my beautiful idyllic childhood, you know, with, you know, organic farm hobby, you know, hobby farm mother and the forest and everything like that. Um, I was really alone and I was really uh, frightened and uh, sad and scared and um, feeling lackful, you know, uh, and insecure and all the, uh, all this stuff that for years and years I had suppressed. Mm -hmm. And for most of my adult, my adult life, my, I was... I was living through the lens of that sort of core wound of unworthiness, right? And I, so I got these letters and I'm like, oh my God, those were, that was really tough. And this is why I, this is why I, I did all of this stuff for 20 or 30 years. And uh, I, I just immediately, I dove into some, some trauma therapy, some loss therapy. And I, I, I did some coaching with my, with my coach. And I have to tell you, Zen, it's been the most, it, it, it sort of, what it did was it just kind of accelerated everything that I knew up here of the, for the last 15 years or so, 20 years. And it just, I, I just embodied it all. Mm. Um, and it's only been sort of, you know, nine months, not less than, less than a year. And uh, I have to tell you the, everything I knew in my head from the past, you know, from the experience that I had and from the reading that I've done and from the, all the logical stuff, like you say, it's, it was all up here. Mm -hmm. It just, it just, it just unlocked it in my whole body. And um, ever since then, I have to tell you, it's just been this, this incredible sort of joy uh, and freedom but you found and but did you, lightness yeah the the incredible lightness of being right and, and yeah and in that process did it feel as though you were um, bringing a lot of cycles back in and transforming them uh, the, the image i just discovered this recently and, and so this is one of those profundities that i'd mentioned in our talk prior uh, that yeah much like you know we can't think our way through a system built on vibration we have to sense our way through it well how do we do that and as we build and, and maybe you recognize this that because you had this deep sense of seeking you weren't really aware that what you were seeking was also seeking you mm. and in this way, you know, applying the, um, let's say the law of attraction <laughs> factor. Yeah. Yeah. And what I discovered was it's kind of like a tesseract. If you're familiar with the. No, what's that? The, a tesseract is the, you've seen images of this cube that's constantly, you know, it's like part of it's moving forward and then it folds in on itself. Yes, 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 yes. Right. Yeah. So our intention and interact and it, our attention and intention are at a deep level in the future on arriving at loving and being loved, which is where the joy is. Right. Mm. And in order to do that, there's also this 
undulating action or, or this reciprocation that takes place where we pull everything that is our life along with us and gradually process it as we move forward and get clearer and clearer on what we're seeking and that it's showing up now. So we have a direct experience as opposed to a theory or belief. And so we've exchanged a belief system for an experience system. Mm. Yes. Yes. That that's a very good way to articulate what I've what I've been experiencing over the last nine months. Uh, cool. Um, yeah. From yeah, I've been saying sort of embodied. It, I feel as though I've finally embodied. Um, well, that's the everything sense. I, You're being. Yeah. It. Right. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. Well, thank you. I, I, I've been working because. You know, as we discussed my my spiritual awakening at, at 18 earlier, I've had 40 years now to really work on this and, and to try and understand what it really means to be cosmic consciousness condensed into form, mm. which we all are, right? And we right. have that band, yeah. you know, there's various bandwidths on the planes of consciousness and so on and so forth. And yet we have this experience that's undeniable once we step on that path of the journey mm -hmm. and we start yes. asking questions so how how did you find the questions that led you to the deeper discoveries and, and the the experiences the, um, the finding of the books and, and things like this do you recall any of those specific questions that you may have had that you knew couldn't be answered immediately and life had to unfold in order for it to be answered. Kind of like, uh, was it um, Renee Maria Rilke says, you can't answer the questions of what you, Einstein's thing as well, you can't answer the questions with the same thinking that created them. Um, similarly, you can't answer the question with the knowledge you think you have. Life needs to provide that answer and you need to be okay with it taking time. Oh, look, uh, I, I, I think I didn't even know what, I didn't even know the questions. Mm. I just knew, I, I just knew that, that, you know, I just knew that because of the experience that I had had, that there was more to existence than um, the physical, than the obvious, than the um yeah, than the expected, you know, than the, so, so, so I, I, I actually really needed to, to, to formulate the question. Like, like I, it was, it was just a sense of there's more here. There's more, there's, there's a, there's a bigger story. There's more to tell. There's, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, well, sometimes not, we have those I'm questions. not articulating very well, but yeah. Uh, uh, and I, I wasn't sure you would. Most of the time we don't because those questions happen at such a rapid rate as we're processing in our heads. You know, 70,000 thoughts a day we're supposed to have. Well, right. if we, you know, right. put those in the same direction, we're still going to have a lot of things to keep track of, even if they are clear and focused. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I, I certainly know that to, like like today or, 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 I don't know, in, in, in the more in the more recent history 
of of looking at all this and doing all this i um i just enjoy uh, i enjoy the 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 meditation work and not what's not it's not work i enjoy meditating mm -hmm. and just just feeling getting connected to that universal energy and the and the 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 frequencies that were that were on and in and i began um I don't know. Maybe, maybe it just all kind of, um, maybe it just all kind of came to me um, after after the experience of last September. This gift of letters and the, and sort of the awakening and or the seeing, um, the the seeing of 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 the oppressed memories that I had had and just letting them go and 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 unleashing that. All of a sudden, for the first time in my life, I've been able to meditate. You know, I've 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 never been able to do that, even though I read every single book. I mean, the, the, I've got hundreds of I did every self help book. I, I hundreds I've, of how tos. You know, this is hundred, a... hundreds of how tos and hundreds. Yeah, yeah. You know, and but but it was really only after that experience that all of a sudden I could meditate. You know, ten minutes and twenty minutes and an hour. It's like I'm like this is delicious. And then, yeah. I, you know, I've I've heard about sound baths and I've I've never done them, but now I just I I put my earphones on and I walk three minutes out into the forest and it's just like this I I feel connected I feel like I'm one with you and the trees and mother nature and it's 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 amazing so so yeah I don't know if it was if I don't know if I asked questions or if the answers just kind of came um if that makes any sense it does and yet the because we're not always aware of the questions, right? Because we, mm. we think at various levels, there's all kinds of systems sure. working internally in harmony, hopefully, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes they aren't. That's where we have cognitive dissonance or our beliefs and our actions don't, aren't congruent, right? Mm. Um, and yet there's this essence that we sense, we feel no words, are necessary they often get in the way yeah yes <laughs> it's a pure sense of things as opposed to a think of things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i'm it's i, I experience i absolutely get that now i think i think for many years i was in the logic and not in the magic and now, you know, now I feel there's like la there's magic. actually logic in the magic too. Oh, I, I'm sure there is. Maybe that's maybe that's the next book I need to read. You can send me some some uh, some. I'm sure you can send me some reading uh, that that would uh, help me explore and expand that uh, sure. that dimension. There are some to. simple things, you know, in understanding that uh, in that development of how we experience those questions and answers and, and the drive to further express who we are authentically we and that those layers of who we are go clear back into our frequency and our genetic code mm. right and somewhere it seems there's a bridging of those to where we can operate in the world and feel fulfilled by doing so in whatever mm -hmm. 
chosen vocation we have and it's where that inner and outer bridge takes place yet again mm -hmm. we can we can know and be internally unless we can operate externally also in that place right then the two still are mm, dancing a different tune let's say and the you know mm -hmm. the sound immersion you know i'm, I'm a jazz progress progressive jazz and rock drummer and yeah. so there's this sense in that thing kind of like mihaly checks mihaly writes in flow the psychology of optimal experience life is like a jazz quartet in a jam right where you just <laughs> lose yourself the ego is gone time disappears you're just playing your instrument in a conversation consider right. your body being an instrument too we haven't learned how to tune them let alone play in concert yet and that's what I feel this process coming out of COVID is about. It's mm. the opportunity to discover self in mass that took place through the obsession on self hygiene and sequestration. Now, some people may have, you know, taken that path and, and had conversations with self. Others mm. may have tried to keep themselves distracted enough to just get over the fear of what might be happening right and they're they're mm. both of those how did you notice your experience and what did you go through during covid and, and the considerations that you had about the present and, and the coming future oh that's a really interesting question i i was living in um in um, italy when when covid struck mm. and um uh, I've been sp spent about 12 years in Europe in, in various places. And, um, I, uh, the, 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 the message that I got in my, in my head was it's time to come home. Mm. Um, you know, I'd spent 12 years. It's interesting. I'd kind of done 12 years in Europe and ended it and another 12 years in, in Europe. So there's something, there's something there that probably for another conversation, but, but, right. but it was, it was like, it was like, it felt like the end of an era. And once, once is random, twice is a pattern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, so, so COVID hit and, you know, everything in Italy shut down and it was, it was just sort of this dystopian, um, I'm sure you saw saw it in the news. And uh, I just said to myself and to my partner, I said, it's time to go home. We need to go back to Canada. And um, and I don't know how or why, but like well, I sort of do, but but we, we chose the uh, the other coast. So I'm on the Atlantic coast now hmm. um, and decided to come to a very small town uh, on the coast that's beside the water and beside nature. Um, because in that, in the, in that process of going, okay, what are we doing here? I think it's time to go home. I, I recognize that, um, water and nature are my fuel sources. Um, I certainly don't get them from a big city. We lived in London for three years and that I felt very depleting. So I've really come home to, um, I mean, I even have a, I have a red barn like I did when I was a kid, um, so there's it's there's there's this been this real homecoming. So for me, the the pandemic was, um, uh, was about about a homecoming, and uh, and then very shortly after that, 
the gift of the letters and the realization of um, that it was time to really come into my own power mm -hmm. um, and and be what I needed to be uh, uh, this time around. And you positioned yourself well as a result by following your bliss. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's really what it, that's a very Buddhist thing. That that it mm -hmm. still is what you do. Right. That's the flow. Now, yeah. with that, I had a similar experience, although we didn't move. Yes, we did move, actually. That it was from, uh, it was only a quarter mile away from one house to another in uh, June right. 2020. So it was right, you know, okay. stream of the pandemic. Yeah. But when it first started, um, you know, we'd mentioned, uh, uh, we'd had a conversation earlier about the message I was giving it, uh, given as a teen about having to mm -hmm. help facilitate a new world order and it would happen in my lifetime. Well, I've always had this question of, you know, how, what do I need to do to prepare and, and who do I need to be in order to step into that role as a facilitator? Right. Well, right. in, when we went on lockdown here it was in March and, uh, I turned to my wife, Luba, and I said, you know, um, an interesting thing, she's from St. Petersburg, Russia. So we've got mm. this harmony among people and planet from, you know, two divergent nations. Uh, what a pair we are. Uh, <laughs> and so I turned to her and I, I say, you know, I really hope this sequest, this, the obsession on self-hygiene and sequestration gets people to look inward. Mm. And sure enough, within a few months, and I also at that same moment felt like, okay, this is the beginning. This is what I've been preparing for 45, six years at the time right. to be ready for. And I felt that, like you said, there was this knowing. Now, mm. I had no idea how it was going to unfold. Still don't. All I know is I'm doing my part as this conversation with you is. And right, right. in this preparation many people started finding each other in virtual groups and they want to work on creating things that really assist in creating harmony among people and planet which is huge right yeah and then on the other side of things um in schwab's book which we decided to read just to see what the other side thinking he asked Ooh. the question can we be caring and compassionate coming out of covid now, I wonder if he asked the question because they were preparing things to inhibit us from doing so. Are you talking about Klaus Schwab, the uh, yes. head of the w Okay, yep, yep. Yes, this was <clears throat> in his COVID-19 book. Great question, right? right? Mm -hmm. Of which we know those kind of guys already have an answer for, and that's what they're poking and prodding us with to, to see how they can manipulate it so we don't right. be caring and compassionate toward each other. And there's a lot of that happening right now. Mm -hmm. So all that aside, with what you've seen in your life and travels and the profession, and I mean, you've got a really rich personal and professional background and experience mm -hmm. in multiple countries and in multiple yep. ways. Yeah. Do you see something akin to what we're talking about people finding themselves and their place and position in the world mm -hmm. in assistance of this emerging new world order that comes from within rather than some prescriptive narrative. 
yes, I really do. You know, I, 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 and maybe it's, uh, I don't know. But if you do, I, I, I do, I do, I absolutely do because <laughs> I, I, I feel like I feel like there is an emergence, mm -hmm. right? Of uh, there, it feels it feels like there is an awakening. It feels like there is a desire to um live differently to be differently to and and that's why i'm on this mission to help people rediscover their humanity mm -hmm. right um i think i think you you see the emergence of all sorts of festivals all sorts of, of well-being festivals and community festivals and and places where people can come together you see you see it i think in in videos uh, and documentaries where people are starting to kind of rise up. You see it mm -hmm. in Vandana, Vandana Shiva around food and the farmers in 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 um, in the in the Netherlands. I think there is a a bubbling up of of humanity, um, and at the same time, you see kind of the the not the crumbling, but you see the emergence of you know, new types of media, new types of conversations, mm -hmm. uh, possibilities like, like you and I are having today of, of podcasters, of, of, uh, people in the, in the media that are, that are totally independent of, you know, big food, big pharma, big government, big everything. Right. Um, I'm really optimistic about that, about that, um, much more than I was much more than I was before. And, um, you know, but at the same time, there's yin and yang, right? You you see an incredible amount, and maybe that's just evidence of, you know, greater evidence of being disconnected. You know, even just in the United States, the number the number uh, the, uh, of challenges around mental health, around health and emotional general, health, around not just emotional health, because it's um, the emotional health that produces the mental side. Yeah, yeah. So so. It, 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 I don't know. It does feel like there is an awakening happening. Mm -hmm. um, well, it seems to be everywhere. And yeah, it, there's calendar references in the Sumerian, Mayan, Aztec, Inca, Hopi, Egyptian, yeah. Hindu. Um, yeah. All of those give reference. There's yep. this upsurge. Uh, there's organizations, even, um, you know, the Live and Let Live Global Peace Movement emerged yep. in August of 2020. I wasn't okay. aware of it until I interviewed the founder in January of 2021. Right. And then became executive director right. <laughs> a few short months afterwards because it felt yeah. like, okay, this is part of my path. And the universe mm. made it so convenient that the law office that founded it and Mark Victor uh, is yep. the firm's principal, they're three minutes from my home. Mm, of all the places okay. in the world that they could possibly <laughs> be. There you go. Um, you know, it's just, uh, there's setups going on everywhere. It's just, yeah. are we willing to pay attention to them and to do the work necessary to fulfill them? And mm. it is quite an effort. Now, the effort for you, how does it feel? Um, it doesn't feel like an effort. Um, it feels more like a, feels more like a movement than an effort. Uh, I don't see it as work, you know, I, mm -hmm. I it, it feels, it feels as though, yeah. I mean, that was I'm, a loaded I'm, question. 
I'm probably I'm probably <laughs> super tired today, and I should go have a nap. And no, 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 no. The loaded question but, was it, but, in anticipation of your answer being, it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't. Yeah. Feel like an effort. It just feels natural. Yeah, yeah. It it it's it's as opposed to what I was doing before, and I was only recently that I stopped. Um, uh, with sort of the management consulting side of things and 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 began to set boundaries and stopped saying yes to mm -hmm. everything that I didn't want to do and really living in integrity with myself right. and others um this just feels if this just feels effortless and and like and even these like these conversations I'm having with people like you and I love this because I think it feels as though this kind of conversation is 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 sending out the right energy into the world for us to really come together as one humanity you know and um there's so much there's so much so much div i don't d division these days right i'm like well our drop may on. become the ocean after a while right and many drops like us yeah yeah you know i'm looking at the at the planet behind you and i'm and i'm like guys like stop it with all these alphabet soups and flags and this and that and colors and uh, it's like we are one humanity on a little rock traveling at 1600 kilometers an hour around its axis like let's get with the program <laughs> this is exactly the image that i want to get like I, i've been off planet for many years and most people think that i live there and i may however in that cosmic consciousness condensing into form, I also have this direct experience, this very practical, pragmatic. I've got a couple of master's degrees in business as well. And I've had mm. you know, a lot of accomplishments that in one lifetime, most people can't intend. So right. just because I've been able to say yes and say and figure stuff out, right? Yeah. One of the other things, the reason that I put this uh, up as a background is a dear friend, Edgar Mitchell. Mm was the Don't sixth know. man on the moon. And oh, I'm not wow, sure okay. if this is one of his pictures or not, but he had a phenomenal experience. And um, I met him in 97 and uh, create, and we got really deep, really quick. And mm. one of the, I That's was managing an event that he was speaking at at the time. And, and as being the manager, I had free reign of everywhere or anywhere I wanted to go. And we had several conversations in our green room um, probably a half a dozen at least. And after the fourth, I think he says to me, and we shared a lot of things and I've had off planet experiences and, and stuff like that since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And he says to me, you know, I want to uh, say something to you. I'm going to tell you something, but you can't tell anybody till after I'm dead. Oh. I didn't realize the amount of trust he put in me at the time. Mm. Um, wow. But I'm a man of my word. And so I said, okay. And he says to me, you know, when we detached from the command module and started descending towards the moon in the LEM, there was a metallic silver cylinder that spiraled around us all the way down to the surface. Hmm. Wow. It was nothing from Earth. Wow, wow, wow. So here was a probe. They, you know, he said he didn't know whether it was manned, unmanned, controlled from the surface, what. Uh, didn't even, wasn't even sure of the size of it only that he saw it. it even out of that you know triangular window in the lem he wasn't sure if there was several but he 
did see the one. So he was right, right. adamant that, you know, here's a guy, <laughs> right? You're going to trust what he says of what he saw. Yeah. And yeah. So those kinds of things, it's like, all right, so there's a presence there. We're not aware of it. Could be why we didn't go back. As they said, hey, you guys can't get along. We don't want you here either. <laughs> we we went through that once before. Uh, yeah, I mean, good good question. Like, why didn't you go? Why didn't you guys go back? I mean, you 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 you'd think that you'd go back. I mean, look, it looked like lots of fun. <laughs> right, fun, astronomical engineering events. Mm, right just the, yeah. the amount of technology that went into it and you know yeah. now that technology has gotten smaller and we probably got a better ability to do so and uh yeah maybe yeah. going back and forth and in, in some of the re-engineered craft that they have from area 51 who knows um doubt it uh, yet um because we don't have the ability to get along with each other mm. until we do it's right. highly unlikely if there is a guardian force in the universe that we'll be allowed to travel far. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we, we can't get along with our neighbors. So, um, yeah, mm -hmm. that, 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 that makes a lot of sense too. That, totally. Well, it, it makes sense. You know, it's hard for us. It, it's hard for the individual, I'm sure, because we are so blinded by the present and immediate past and future right that we don't look long term and like native americans you're looking in five to seven generations right before right. making choices and decisions about the tribe we don't consider that uh, we launch into things with the novelty and the innovation and the oh gee look at this fuel we discovered and the engines we make and not realizing what it might do to the environment until many years later and then still not correcting our course have you um ha, sorry sure I you, go ahead uh and, and even like like the the way we think of history right have you seen graham hancock's series on, on i know graham you know uh, such a fascinating mm -hmm. fascinating rethink of 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 our ancient history that that i mean who knows what kind of once it starts, once people start to accept it more, or the, you know, who knows what kind of but we aren't alone in the universe. Yeah. Gosh, what a and, novel idea, huh? And um, fascinating. I just, <laughs> I just, I, I love this stuff. I think it's just so interesting to, to just to keep asking. You know, what's, you know, what's really going on? What's going on there? Where are they? You know, keep digging, keep well, digging. It's just fascinating. Yeah, and and Graham and and there's another, maybe two or three layers deeper into that arena, if you will, of people who actually have ongoing communication with other worlds, and, and the majority, I would say, um, far more than that. That I haven't heard any that have had direct contact say that there is anything other than their guidance and assistance for us to evolve harmoniously. Mm. That's a great message. Well, like, with the technology, when you begin to break it down and, and look back and, and take a deep dive into frequency, right? 
mm. in order to be able to travel through time and space, you have to have a particular frequency to be able to handle that. And in that right. frequency, there can be no malevolence. It's just impossible. You know how that feeling right. is when you feel connected and you're meditating and you have that effervescent iridescent mm. sensation going on inside of you. You can't yeah. have anything at that point. You don't even want to kill ants, let alone no. people. Right? No, 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 absolutely. I, I, absolutely. Anyway, I, I interrupted you. Sorry, I took us down. No, you a, didn't. I, uh, I, I yeah. tend to go on because I'm passionate about my experience and, and having conversations like this with you, right? Mm. There's this, there's so much to share, so much to offer. Um, there's so many rabbit holes in, in just my own experience, let alone yours and others. Yeah. And sure. be able to have these kind of conversations to get vulnerable enough to, to share the things that maybe we wouldn't, uh, you know, um, in normal circumstances where we don't right. know the, uh, the level of um, openness of others, right? Because we all carry that personal bias of, of something and until we realize, oh, yeah. well, that doesn't serve me. You mentioned boundaries yeah. earlier. And mm. One of the things, <laughs> as you were learning to set them, mm. why? Did you feel you needed to? Oh, well, I, I felt I needed to because for many years, I, I, I said yes to ways. I said yes to opportunities and possibilities. So I would go to another country or take on another project and, and have, you know, some incredible experiences. But I also said yes when I shouldn't have or didn't, you know, to, to people please. Right. Mm. So again, going, going back to those, the, 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 small t childhood trauma that part wasn't useful right. so i recognize i recognize that the people pleasing saying yes to appease and to be liked and all of these things doesn't serve you and i know now that by setting those boundaries and putting my oxygen mask on first that i'm serving the world much much better by uh uh and and my dog apparently i'm serving the world much much better by saying no to things that i don't want to do and um well it's not a sense worrying. Too. you know you've got yeah. the two again you've got the decision tree and you've got mm -hmm. the sense of of each one of them one feels yeah this is a an experience i want to have yeah and the other is Mm, how am I going to deal with others in doing so? Right. That right. People pleasing. That's the first thing I know for me too, right? You want to please others and, and because you want to fit in, you want to feel like you belong. However, exactly. People like us, the self belonging is more important. Yeah. I recognize that. Others it took too. a long time. Yeah, it, it it took that took a, that took a long long time to to figure out. Um, again, it's connected to this this gift and this experience that I had last uh, last year, last September, and uh, I see now how much the uh, the saying yes when you should say no uh, brings you down. And I'm because I'm finally embodying those three brains that you spoke about earlier. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like. Oh, there, yeah, I did a lot up here for a long time. Some a little bit here, 
but it really took until uh, I think really last year to get all three in alignment, right? To finally start listening to this one down here. Interesting and, how um, that Trinity shows up mm, everywhere. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. And then we try to label it and put it in a box or a book and it doesn't belong. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Tongue yeah. in cheek, right? Um, in this progression toward this emergence, mm. how might you, because here's where, and the comment you just made is really pertinent. And the reason being is that over 80% of our viewers are 18 to 34. Okay. So these are the kids that I call them kids. I'm 66 or I will be next month. Right. Mm. And what can I share? What can I impart? How can I serve the coming generations to the best of my ability? One of those ways is having conversations with guys like you and, and gals that are on this path too, so that mm -hmm. then we can share the wisdom garnered and maybe truncate the time frame necessary for those individuals to have their own transformation and get things rolling a little faster. But or maybe a little more congruent with the unfolding of what's necessary in this natural new order that we're experiencing and, and trying to figure out how to share it with each other so that we're most effective in creating right. the ways to realign the systems already in place so that they work mm. in harmony and to the service of humanity. Yep. And, you know, it's kind of like flipping the agenda from profit over people and planet to people and planet over profit doesn't do away with profit because we need something to you know it sure. may eventually right sure sure sure. however we still need that profit in order to pay the people that you know work for us or that we work for so that we can live in the current uh, economic system uh, look zen that's that's my whole mission in life now is to help people in that age group that that your viewers are it doesn't have to take you 30 years like it took me right and that, that's why i'm writing fear less right the you know eight steps you know and and again it's hard to articulate these things in a book but at least it's a start right yeah. i'm i'm writing i'm writing the book it's eight steps to get from fear to bliss or joy um I love that. And, and and you really using my journey, my experiences, and my 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 successes and failures and everything in between, uh, to 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 end the psychological suffering for them, to 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 get them out of the grips of fear, so that they can be in this place of joy sooner than later, right? Mm -hmm. um, so so don't wait another day, you know. No, absolutely not. Jump in, um, dive in. You know, you can dive swim. in. Dive. If you can't swim, the current take you because it will. Dive in to you know your true purpose to the, the 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 service you know that you're going to be in to to you know to 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 what you're passionate about. You know yeah. what is the impact you want to make. What you know, just do it now. What is you know what it, and you know. What are the, 
you know, the, what are the archetypes that you need to, to, to grapple with and, and look at and, and play with so that you can be in the highest order of each of them inside of you. Um, anyway, I'm babbling on. <laughs> mm. oh, you're not, well, that's where, in my opinion, when we begin, when we think we we're babbling, we're actually saying some very profound, simple truths. And they're so simple and so profound that we think we're babbling because we're used to needing to be so complex. Right. Right. And we can be complex. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. And I'm super passionate about this now. I, I just, I just, I'm, I've lived a life. Uh, I've lived an extraordinary life, um, good, bad, evil, and everything in between. And, and, I know that people are suffering today. Uh, all you have to do is look at the data out there. Hmm. And um, it doesn't have to be this way. That's my message. Um, so so I, 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 I... That's a I'm, foundation to start from, right? Just yeah. recognizing that, getting enough people to say, hey, look, it doesn't have to be this way. We don't yeah. know how it can be. Well, we got to make the choice and agree that it doesn't have to be this way. This is not normal. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be full of anxiety. You don't have to be pill popping, right? To get through your existence. This is not normal. And I think what's happened in our society is, is it, this has become normalized, right? Mm -hmm. And that you can be so full of dis-ease that you don't even know it, that your stress levels can be so high, you know, measured in cortisone and everything else that that your normal is basically freaking out all of the time. Right. So, and we're so um, used to it that we're, that we don't know how to manage it because it's just sure. part of our lives and we can go and be, you know, this is one of the things Luba and I noticed during the pandemic. We didn't ever wear masks. <laughs> I went out and did all the shopping. Yeah, I got booted out of a couple of grocery stores because I wouldn't, but oh well. Um, I would look at people in the eyes, even with a mask, and, and most of them would, you know, immediately look down. However, I always had a smile on my face and I could always see the eyes curl up. Right. So mm. it just gave that moment. And even though, you know, I wasn't gonna take take part in this fallacy. I remained healthy throughout time. I, I was, you know, unaffected. Of course. Both of, course, of our, yeah. my wife's a piano teacher. Both of our businesses increased. I do coaching and consulting, web building and, mm -hmm. uh, and partnering workshops for building road and bridge. Yeah. So that didn't change. It increased. So that, that was an indicator that, oh, okay, well, maybe we don't need to buy into all the confusion and just live life as though it was how we anticipated it being mm. hallelujah i mean i had somebody at a gas station two days ago uh wearing a mask i, I was coming out and he was coming in and he literally leapt away from me right and i said to a friend that i was in the car with i said you know i wonder i i I wonder who has instilled so much fear in him, you know, in, 
in what are May of 2023 that he still feels the need to the fear of me breathing on him as I walk by. And, and he's he not, literally there are jumped hundreds, away. Thousands, maybe even millions of them still. Yeah. Yeah. And I've I've even noticed around here at home lots more people wearing masks these days. And I I, I never watch the news. So I I, I, I yeah, suspect it's 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 the news, you know, saying something is coming or I don't know what the hell, but it's it just seems it's wrong. It's, <laughs> it's wrong. It's disappointing that 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 you know our fellow human beings could treat others and manipulate and do all of those kinds of things, and yet you know we've been told that this is the process that we need to overcome. Uh, even in the most recent versions. Um, Howard Bloom's book, The Lucifer Principle. It's a scientific study of history and how a few people manipulated masses by telling lies through the controlled media, whether it be a town crier or the internet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. This is, this is old hat. It's been going on sure. forever. And Absolutely. most recently, Absolutely. Uh, I mentioned uh, Matthias de Mont and his and the empathic resonance earlier that. I'd heard when he was being interviewed with uh, Tucker Carlson, he'd written a book, Matthias had written a book called The Psychology of Totalitarianism. And it was his view of what was happening from the pandemic. And what he said in a future hopeful that he saw in people that what we really seek is empathic resonance. Hmm. And that empathic resonance can occur outside of love true right. empathic resonance right so Beautiful. the whole idea of loving and being loved is now being reintroduced with that question that Schwab asked is can we be caring and compassionate towards one another same question that was asked 2000 years ago <laughs> right we still have an answer it's to like, that. it's like uh it's like taking us a long time to get, to get with the program isn't it <laughs> Well, you know, you consider, you know, again, looking at the, the layers and, and the types of things, you know, nations have personal, states have personalities, nations have personalities, you know, sure. globes have personalities. So in the yeah. long term view of the evolution of a planetary society, we're still in our infancy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, I, I know that. Um, it, 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 it's a nanosecond uh, sure. the last and it's hard years. to refrain from judging the current situations because they are so incongruent with how we know things ought to be and yet therein is our challenge to embrace love it regardless and do what's necessary to set the boundaries and yeah. the distractions by doing so because this is a you know the more we advance the more disciplined the more art even artistic and creative we become in doing uh, i agree i agree i see it as a challenge and as and as an amazing opportunity you know mm -hmm. bring it on let's go all Let's right. do it. So <laughs> as we've um speaking of going, um 
We have just a, a little bit more time. With yeah. what you've been through and, and considering, you know, the 18 to 34 range, and even those a bit older, because the, there are those two, uh, even our age, that um, are still advancing. What, sure. what have you found that is a simple way to rethink the moment that you're in? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I mean, certainly meditation and mindfulness helps with that, but I also believe you need to uh, you need to do a couple of things. You need to stop absorbing negativity, right? Um, and I see that in things like mainstream media or social media. Understand that if you are going to consume it, it is like opening a little box of or a big box of chocolates, right? So just recognize what you're eating and what you're consuming. I think. I, I, for me, it's also uh, about listening to yourself and those three brains and then deciding um, deciding that you are the owner of your universe, right? And uh, and painting the picture of what you want to be and where you want to go and how you're going to do it. And literally, I mean, paint a picture. Like I saw somewhere the other day, I love vision boards and I and I've got one over there that I'm articulating and playing with. And I've got my book on another vision board with all of its pieces and um, design it, design the blueprint of your life. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, somebody else, some other architect is going to come along and, and do it. So, so for me, it is however, whatever metaphor you want to use, whether it's a vision board or blueprints or, or a painting, or, or I often use the, the metaphor of, of, uh, you know, plant the milestone marker out there. Where is your ship sailing to, right? Because if you don't know precisely the 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 the, the coordinates of where you're going, you're 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 going to be guided by the winds, which might be fine, I suppose. But um, if they're headed in the general direction, yeah. Um, <laughs> but 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 I think I think I I think uh, this idea of of claiming that responsibility, you know, protect yourself like kryptonite against negativity and toxicity, design the picture that you want and, and break it down into smaller steps and then, and then create daily rituals where, where you're cherishing that and nourishing it and not ignoring it. Um, that was a long answer to. No, I, I love the, one, I love the one, close one, of that one answer, thing. you know, the, the daily do it mm. you know that's the morning evening every moment you have just to take a three four or five second break and just go to that place you know what i call it i call it the flintstone moment right like a flintstone <laughs> not the flintstones as in as in the old cartoon oh, but, but, right right but it's like it's like there's a there, there's a nanosecond where the spark goes and you decide, are you gonna look up into possibilities and opportunities and the future and, and co-creation, or are you gonna look down? And, uh, and that is, you know, you could be physically looking down at a, at a smartphone or just looking down into negativity, right? But mm -hmm. you decide, you decide every moment, every nanosecond of the day. So decide when that Flintstone moment happens, am I going up or am I going down? Am I co-creating, creating positivity or negativity, swirling down, reconfirming, you know, negative 
stuff. Mm-hmm. But decide. Awesome. Colin, this has just been a really wonderful conversation with you. No, it's been super oh, insights like could... and apocalyptic moments as well. <laughs> well, I uh, I'm giggling like you were talking about before, but uh, I that's feel like we could giggle, right? That, it that's is. Like, yeah. This was fun. This was very fun. Thank you very much, and thank you for the opportunity. And I, I feel like we could have multiple chapters of this conversation in the future. So oh, very um, much if, so. You'll have, if you'll have me back, I'll come back anytime. We'll see what we can do. All right. Thanks again, Thank Colin. You, and yeah, you bet. Namaste and in la catch. Thanks for sticking with us for this episode of One World in a New World. I'm your host, Zen Benefield, and I will see you next time.